Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, guys. We have a really great show for you. Sorry that yesterday's show was an unexpected replay. We had a technical meltdown meltdown at Podcasting HQ, but it's all fixed now. Um, And, yeah, so we've got a really great show. We've been getting a ton, an absolute avalanche of questions about the changing market. Um, I'm thrilled about it because you guys aren't being fearful of it. I remember when Julie and I started talking about the changing market back in 06 and 07, and I, you know, we received a shitstorm of negative um, remarks and comments and feedback. We had people that almost organized to try to, like, refute what we were saying because they were so fearful of a changing market that anybody that would say the market wasn't going to continue to be buoyant forever was somehow a heretic to real estate. That's how they treated us, basically. <laughs> you know, this was back in the day. Some of you guys were in the business, but, you know, National Association of Realtors, God bless them. Uh, the chief economist was busily saying, buy more real estate, buy more real estate. He'd almost become like a cheerleader for, you know, buying real estate. And then all these other people were piling on and buying more homes and more homes and more homes. And, well, that didn't work out so well for anyone, did it? But Julie and I, back in 06, 07, a lot of you guys were tuned in to us. Back then it wasn't a podcast. We did, uh, you know, a lot of uh, teleseminars and webinars and whatnot. And we started seeing the signs from our coaching clients that the market was changing. Many of you don't know us. Julie and I sold real estate for 10 years in Columbus, Ohio. We sold between 100 and 200 homes a year for almost 10 years straight. And in that time, we never sold in a hot seller's market. So we knew, like the back of our hands, what a changing market felt like. We knew what it looked like. We knew what to do. We knew how to help folks, sellers and whatnot. And that's what helped us to be successful for so long at the level that we were. And so that information, obviously, with a crap ton of coaching now, coaching experience translates to us saying with a high level of confidence that the real estate market isn't going to take a turn. It has taken a turn. And we told you guys that back in 06 and 07. A lot of you didn't want to hear it. Um, We're telling it to you now. And what I'm thrilled about is that everybody wants to hear it. And I think the reason is, is because in our lifetimes up to 06 and 07, many of us that were in the real estate business had never experienced anything like that before. So we had no real, you know, basis of understanding of how bad it could be. When Julie and I, so what Julie and I pay attention to is not just what's going on in our coaching clients' individual practices, because we have some of the top agents as personal coaching clients in some of the you know, most competitive markets in the country. And when they started telling us about price reductions and they started giving us the reports on what was going on their MLS, days in the market, list to sell price ratio, builder discounts, all these very, very, very early warning signs. And the other thing we started paying attention to, we started paying attention to the different ways that the financial markets were reacting. Um, I'll tell you something else Julie and I really focus on is that when we're trying to validate something, we don't necessarily just, count, uh, frankly, rely or count on our usual sources of information. We'll look for anecdotal information. For example, you guys can have a really good indication of what direction the economy is going by uh, digging in to find out what's being shipped on railroads. I know that sounds obscure, but it's true. And here's a simple fact. 
If there's more uh, containers, more containers of what would be the secondary question that are being shipped on railroads, then that's going to give you a great indication of what direction the market's going. So if you see a bunch of um, demand for lumber for building, if you see a, a publicly traded company that sells asbestos shingles and, and their orders have increased, and these are all, this is all public information. You guys can get all that. That is the very, very early warning sign of a changing market. So when back in 06, when um, the you know what now it's two big uh, uh, train uh, transpo companies, which I think are both owned by Warren Buffett now, big deal, our big surprise, right? When they started reporting that they were starting to ship half-filled uh, containers and things of that nature, well, that was an early warning sign for us that that information combined with other sources of information led us to believe that what we were uh, about to experience was going to be something incredible. I guys will tell you something else, too. This was fascinating. We saw – I was getting pictures from coaching clients who lived near the ports in Southern California, Long Beach being one of them, where they would import cars. And they were, I was getting pictures of, you know, they're always, you know, wrapped in white for having been shipped on a, um, a boat. But there were, I was starting to get pictures of, I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was Toyotas and uh, BMWs that were just absolutely positively stockpiled at the docks. So they, the orders were shipped to the United States. The cars sat there, and the dealers didn't want to take delivery because they hadn't sold off their old inventory. This was way before, way, way, way before the news started reporting on a, bad, on a changing economy. This was way before anybody knew the housing market was changing, but we knew, and we told you. We figured that we would rather be, frankly, wrong about the information or not you – know, essentially, we would rather you guys be, be overprepared – Early, yeah, we were we were risking being early uh, because we wanted you guys to be prepared. Now, not everybody listened to us. Like I said, we received gobs of hate. Now, this was 12 years ago, um, and uh, I, I'm not a I told you so type, but we told you so, and those who listened flourished in the changing market and actually did, did even better on the market on the other side. And a lot of you guys tuned into us back in the day, back when that was happening. And we were the only voice in the space that was saying what we're saying. And I realized we're that again. Now, um, I don't have any clear window as far as what this uh, housing slowdown is going to be because there's other variables at play that, frankly, I don't have enough information to really give you an educated opinion on. But what I do know is you can be your own best prognosticator you know, your own best, uh, you know, you have your own crystal ball. It's called the MLS. And you need to start paying attention to all the key numbers. Brokers and office managers, it's your prerogative to be doing this. Talk about the price. Don't just, don't just do a quick market summary of all the houses in the MLS and basically think you did your job. You need to be doing it in different price brackets. And here's what you're going to discover. The, price bracket, the more expensive price brackets and more expensive is with quotes depending on your individual market. Those are seeing it's it's becoming a bloodbath. I had a coaching call with one of the top agents in the country yesterday in one of the most expensive markets on the East Coast, and they're doing multi-million dollar price reductions, and the houses still aren't sitting. He showed a property to a relocating um, baseball player, and uh, the baseball player was interested in the house until he discovered the house had been for sale. I didn't tell you about this one, Julie, for seven years. And the guy said, you know what, wow. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that ends up, mm-hmm. well, but here's where the conversation went. It was listed for, I don't remember, something like $9.5 million. And the listing agent, with the seller's consent, told the buyer's agent, who is my coaching client, that the seller will entertain all offers as in bring whatever you got. 
That is the market that we're headed into for the upper ends. And this was a seller, you know, long story short, that was going to lose millions of dollars based off what they paid on the house. A lot of you have never sold in a market where houses don't always appreciate. A lot of you only know how to think and sell real estate as if, as if it were a winning lottery ticket. Listen to what your coach or and if you haven't joined one of our coaching programs yet, you will, and so I'll be your future coach, but listen nonetheless. Real estate is not going to ever be a just like anything, it's never going to be a consistent, you know, shot of the arrow to the sun. It's always going to be ebbs and flows, ups and downs. Real estate traditionally wasn't even seen as necessarily anything other than an inflation hedge. The days in the markets where you see things, houses increase in value at greater than the historic inflation rate, which let's just call it 2 to 3%, those types of markets were abnormal. So if you live in a Southern California or if you live in a, I mean, really Austin, Texas, or just all these other markets where you've seen year-over-year -year inflation greater than the inflation rate, I'm sorry, year-over-year -year appreciation greater than the inflation rate, that is abnormal. But many of you have only sold real estate in a market where there's been that uh, increase in value that's greater than the inflation rate. Now, the inflation rate, I'm not going to go into a big diatribe about explaining it, but here's the bottom line, 2 to 3% per year. So if you're in a market where prices have increased more than 2 to 3% per year, you're in an abnormal market. A normal market is where the properties just keep up with the normal inflation rate. That means, now I want you to think about this, listeners, if you sell a $300,000 house and that you know, buyer puts down, let's say, 20%, so they put down 60 grand, uh, and let's say they have to sell within, I'm, I'm, I haven't prepared ahead of time with having done the math, but chances are if they don't stay there at least, I bet you, four years, that they're going to actually lose money based off what they sold, uh, I'm sorry, what they paid. In other words, for them to sell the house, to cover the cost of the ownership of the house and selling commissions and all the rest of it, I, they'll probably have to stay there five years just to cover those costs. Otherwise, they're going to sell for less than that they paid. That's called normal. That's called a normal market. But how many of you are prepared to have conversations with sellers where you're going to explain to them that they're actually losing money on the house? Where you're going to explain to them that, you know, that's the, that's the reality of a normal market. And, oh, by the way, not only are you going to lose money on the house today when you sell it, but if you wait six months, you're probably even going to lose more money on the house. These are the types of skills that you have to be able to have. And I realize these are hard conversations, but when you've mastered them, and uh, guys, really, if you want me to drill down, there's only probably, I don't know, six or seven scripts that you really have to learn in order to help sellers move past these, you know, natural, these natural emotional uh, fears that they have about selling in a market like this, when you move them past that, you're going to get more listings. And this is the reason that a shifting, changing market is so scary for so many agents, because they don't know what to say, don't know how to say it. Most agents, basically, any business they get from their centers of influence and past clients, and they're sure as hell not going to feel comfortable giving bad news from their best bad news about their house value to their best friend from high school, the person they see every week in church. I mean, are you so those those sellers they won't get the truth from their listing agents because their listing agents won't know what to say or how to say it, and as a result, those listings are going to expire. That means that agents that know how to basically uh, compete in a, sh a changing market and have the guts to go after expires will clean up. There's a huge opportunity that all of you are going to have in your markets towards the end of the year. Now, some of you are still in these crazy, hot, super sellers markets, but again, look to where the price points are where it's not so hot. That's going to be in the upper end price ranges. That will come your way. Guys, I promise you what we're telling you is happening. 
It's not going to be a flip of the switch where everything's just going to change. It never happens like that. It's, you're going to see a slow unraveling of the real estate markets over the next, realistically, 24 months. Um, and that's about as far out as I feel comfortable projecting. But I do know in this time of transition, uh, you know, make sure you gauge your own experience based on what's actually happening in your market. But I do know in this time of transition, that's when most people fail because they take too long to take action. They take too long to adapt to the new market. They spend too much time in denial. They spend too much time in fear, but they also start, they double down on the things that they were doing that didn't really work in the first place, like buying buyer leads. They, they double down on dumb is what I call it. So they'll double down on branding. They'll double down on Facebook advertising. They'll double down on passive and this and the other thing. They'll double down on, on dumb. Didn't work in the first place. Kept doing it. That's not smart. That would be the opposite of smart. When the changing market happens and you see those things uh, work even at a lower level, what most people will do is they'll actually double down on what wasn't working in the first place because they are fearful of having to learn something new. I hope you are allowing yourself to be introspective about the things that I'm sharing with you because then you don't have to essentially suffer during this transitioning market. You can thrive because so many other people – I mean, look, guys, what do we have? Between 100 and 200,000 of you guys that are listening to today's show, that leaves what? 2.2 million real estate agents out there that aren't listening, which probably – they're probably going to wait too long, which in, means in your individual market – you could very easily in the next 12 months or less become one of the most dominant agents if you start focusing in on the reality of the market versus what you hope it to be. Julie, does this make sense? It does, and one of the things that I'm thinking of as I hear and absolutely agree with your take on this is that I can just hear their, their gears and I can hear them thinking like your example from Rob's Market Up East where you know, the, the house has been on the market forever and they're doing a multi-million dollar price reduction and the seller's losing money. How many of our listeners are thinking, well, gosh, why is that guy still willing to sell? So the reason I bring that up is, yes, people still sell in these conditions. Absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, when uh, your parents, my parents bought their homes in the 70s and interest rates were 18%. There were still deals going on. You just have to make sure you're dealing with motivated people and that your skill set is such that you can have intelligent conversations and really lead them to the outcome that they desire. So, yes, things do still move. And I think you're right, Tim, there's an entire generation. I mean, if you think about if you've been licensed in the past 10 years, you might have had a tail end of the recession, but really for the most part you've been in a pretty hot seller's market. And so many of them are thinking that 30 days on the market is like really, really long when in fact it's not even close to normal. So it is a reset of your mindset. And at the same time, you'll still, you and I were talking about this this morning, at the same time all of this is happening, you also still have pockets and sometimes, you know, most of, of cities, but certainly pockets that are still having multiple offers, still going over list price. But what's happening is that is not the case every time in every price range in every neighborhood you've got to be really careful to study your subject property conditions before every single closing because it's not going to be the same. And Tim, to your point, you can't just throw your entire MLS in a bucket and say, well, my MLS is averaging this many days in the market. That's not going to be even remotely accurate for your micro markets and your particular subject property. And what happens is exactly what you said. If you're not frosty on that and you overpromise and underdeliver you're going to be the one that has the listing expire on you. And the super secret 
sauce to succeeding in uh, being a listing agent is no, you know, don't, don't, don't ruin the joke. Actually, don't ruin the joke. You, Dilly, 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 you ruined the joke. You can tell it. So the super secret. Well, I mean, you you jumped on your. Come on, woman, get the joke right. It's true though. <laughs> so the secret to being a the secret to being a successful listing agent. Everyone, write this down. It's a super secret that no one ever shares with you, but it's so true. It's one thing. I know your minds are filling with wrong answers, but here's the one thing. Have the listing when it sells, which means that in a market like this, it's going to be normal to have listings expire. It's going to be normal to see, especially in the upper end stuff, listings go through two and three listing agents. That's what's going to happen in these markets that you guys are in. It, you know, again, starting with the upper ends, but you'll be, some of you are going to have a huge turnaround in your markets that will happen fast. There's lots of variables that will lead to that, the local employment. Um, you know, frankly, the uh, new construction is going to be a big threat to a lot of you guys in that, that uh, mid-price range. So all these variables, bottom line, is that if you're, you only came up in real estate in the past 10 years, brokers, if you only came up in real estate in the past 10 years, you just aren't prepared. You don't know what you don't know. And how many of you are going to wait too long to figure out what you don't know and only find out what you don't know through bad experiences? Which is, by the way, the way the way most people operate, right? They only found out what they don't know when basically faced with a problem. Yeah. So why don't you be smart and be a good entrepreneur who's going to be successful in any market, not just an upwardly, you know, increasing seller's market? And why don't you actually learn how to base, not just compete but dominate in a changing market, let alone a balanced market? But it's going to probably overcorrect, guys. It always does, and it's going to become a buyer's market. That's the, you know, that's the way it's going to work. It's going to go from a hot seller's market, and then it'll all, it'll go way too far over to the buyer's side. Then the market will catch back up with itself, and then it'll basically it'll swim, uh, swing back into the middle. And it's probably going to stay in that balanced market, depending on your market, depending on the price range. It's going to stay in that balanced market. You know, a balanced market, by the way, Julie, how many days in the market is a balanced market by definition? Economists uh, all agree between 120 and 180 days is considered a balanced market. What is a balanced market? Some of these guys have never even heard that term before. A balanced market is when there's actually just one buyer for each listing that sometimes it takes up to six months to get that buyer. You typically do not have multiple offers and you typically do not sell for full list. Sometimes it can be as little as, you know, 87 to maybe 93% of list price which to many of our listeners sounds like an absolute crazy low-ball offer. But it's not. It's normal in those conditions. In some cases, a lot less. <laughs> yeah, All right, Julia, are you ready? Now, and why would somebody accept that? Because they're motivated, okay? Because that's what market conditions call right. for. So, yes. Now, we've talked about a whole lot of things here. I want to drill down and give them an actual, basically a checklist of what they should be looking at in order to determine is your market changing? How is your market changing? What parts and pieces of your market are changing? We've talked about most of why it matters, but let's drill down on that a little bit. Well, obviously, point number one, pricing is affected. How you go about your CMA, and I already am having coaching calls where we're talking about not just looking at the recent sold comps, because even 60-day-old comps can uh, not be accurate for what you need to price the, the new listing at. You have to compare that also to your active competition. How many days in the market have those homes been up? So you might have 60-day-old comps that closed in you know, 30 days or less, but right now your competition has already been around for 60 days or more. That changes your pricing strategy. 
Point number two, obviously, based on this, your seller and buyer expectations shift. Sometimes the agent's expectations are not in alignment with the seller's or buyer's expectations because they don't have those conversations. Point number three, price reduction scripts become necessary. Sometimes that's more appropriate when you just take the listing, but certainly if it doesn't sell after two weeks or 10 showings, you better have your price reduction scripts down. We're doing a lot of that in Premier Coaching right now. Point number four, the spokes of your lead generation wheel might shift. Typically when the market's really hot, you guys are doing a lot of repeat and referral business because everybody's got equity and it's fun to move. When things start to shift, you might do you know, a different mixture of your lead generation spokes. Point number five, commissions are affected. Changing markets mean prospects need you more. If they can no longer just throw a FISBO sign in the yard and sell it by midnight with 10 offers, they actually need you. So this is a good thing generally for commissions. Point number six, because prospects need you more, you'll be competing more often for the best business. What do we mean by the best business? The most motivated like your example, I mean, who can stomach a couple million dollar price reduction? Well, you know what? There's people that are doing it and they're going to hopefully close in the next hopefully six months, right? So prospects need you more. You will be competing more for the best stuff. Would you agree with all those sort of pre-ramping points, Tim? Right. But, you know, here I was just thinking while you were talking. So let's say, for example, you're showing some great out-of-town buyers and, you know, Rob's market, these multi-million dollar properties and the, sell and the buyers keep on coming up against the fact that the houses have been for sale forever. Do you guys know what to say to those buyers to basically convince them to still buy? Do you know how to explain to a, a buyer that, you know, you know, when they figure out that there's going to be no appreciation, that they're probably going to lose money on the house? Do you guys still know how to sell a house in a market like that? Do you? Think about my question. Okay, so look, you're back in anywhere United States, and all of a sudden the seller and the, you have buyers, real buyers. They're here to buy a normal priced house in your market, three hundred thousand dollars. But guess what? That same three hundred thousand dollar house cost three hundred thousand dollars ten years ago, and the buyer sees that, and, the, and the, what are you going to try to hide it from them? So they're going to say, "What the hell? Why would I? What's the what, what's to say this house will be worth any more in you know five years, let alone ten, than when I'm paying for it now?" Oh, then they start figuring out the actual cost of ownership and all the time they're going to have maintaining the property and all oh, it needs windows. And do you guys know how to sell in a market like that? Listing agents, do you know how to position a house in a market like that so it'll sell? That's called a normal market, folks. Learn the skills or you won't be in the business. That's a simple fact. And yes, skills. That means that you're going to get sellers. You're going to have to work with sellers that are more than just your friends and your family and your centers of influence and past clients. That means the buyers are going to need to be, be assured that buying a property, it doesn't necessarily have to be just for financial reasons. And all of you, most of you, only know how to sell in an upwardly mobile seller's market using fear of scarcity. If you don't buy it, somebody else will. Well, guess what? That buyer is going to quickly figure out that that's not true. How are you going to sell then? What's your plan B? This is where the skills come in. Julie? Yes, absolutely. So back to our list, what to watch for. Point number one, NODs, are they increasing or decreasing? You can track pre-foreclosures in Zillow for free using their filters. What's an NOD? You can move around on uh, notice of default. 
Okay, so that's absolutely changing market stuff, so, and it works both ways. Some of you guys want to go after that, but you, you claim you only want to do it in a certain hot zip code, and then you click on the zip code, and there's not enough to go after, but you click on the zip code next to it using Zillow's free filters, and you find out actually there is a lot of action there. Um, sometimes this happens in not too old new construction neighborhoods when the funky builder financing adjusts. That can cause it different causes, but you want to be tracking pre-foreclosures. What zip codes, price ranges, what areas of your town are getting NODs? Just because your zip code that's your favorite doesn't have them doesn't mean that nothing's going on in your town. You've got to watch that. And again, it doesn't cost you anything to know this. Right, number two, BPO orders. Are they increasing or decreasing? A lot of BPOs happen pre-foreclosure. Some banks will send out a BPO order on the first missed payment. Sometimes they wait longer on that. Point number three related to BPOs. BPOs being ordered, what is the purpose? Establish the value for a refinance, for a foreclosure. Mortgage lenders associations are currently reporting a very high level of refinances to pull out equity as a result of the appreciating markets, of course. People are cashing it out, but they're keeping the house. That means if they have a light month or they have to change jobs or something happens, they're like one month away from missing that payment and they don't have any equity left to pull out. So BPOs usually go up with that reporting. So pay attention to what the mortgage lenders are reporting. Point number four, price reductions. You guys already, many of you are reporting this, not just on your own stuff, but looking at your uh, hot sheets on a daily basis. Not on a monthly basis anymore like you got away with for a few years. Look at it on a daily basis. Price reductions, number and frequency, and in what price ranges or zip codes. Is it currently mostly your high end that's coming down or are you seeing that creep down into normal price ranges? Some of you are very, very condo heavy and you're starting to see longer days in the market, more price reductions, more of those convert to leases. That's an early warning sign. Point number five, the number of expireds. We just talked about that a lot. What causes expireds? Overpromising, underdelivering, overpricing. You know, it's interesting, Tim, uh, the Kenmores who live in Kennewick, Washington, been coaching clients for a long time. And, you know, they've had very scarce expireds for quite a few years. They are just now listing expireds, and we talked about why that is. Well, even in an escalating market with not much inventory, it's still possible to overprice. There is still a limit, and the last one they took, they did a $50,000 price reduction, and this house was less than four hundred grand. Why? Because the Amazing. seller had to sell. Okay, so they're starting to see that. Maybe their market's starting to crack a little bit. So, but the point is that they're the ones with the listing when it's going to sell. Point number six. The number of for sale by owners, are they increasing or are they decreasing? Here's an odd fact for you. The number of for sale by owners increasing can be an indication of a slowing market. Why? Because the owners weren't wanting to accept that their property is worth less than they thought they might try being a for sale by owner. We see more expireds that turn into for sale by owners because they're still living on hopium trying to get that price. So a lot of you guys think FISBOs only come out of the woodwork when things are, you know, escalating and doing really well. We also see FISBOs increase when things are adjusting. And then point number seven, one of the more fun things to watch, builder incentives. You know, the new construction has been the solution for many of you getting your buyers in contract, but when you see more builder incentives, 
that means that they're having a harder time moving their inventory. So what kind of incentives? Financing, bonuses to close quickly. Sometimes they'll even pay agents a 4 or 5% commission to get something to close in the next 60 days or less. That's all good for you guys and also good for your buyers. But watch for those builder incentives. And Tim, you and I were talking about you know, during the recession, the, the, the craziest builder incentive we saw, I think, was that billboard. And I think it was outside of Victorville, California, when we were driving back from Vegas. And it said, uh, I can't remember the builder, but it was buy one, get one free houses. <laughs> yeah, crazy. a house, guys. That's what she's we'll talking about. Is buy a house, get a house for free. Buy a, house, <laughs> buy a house, get a house for free. That was the actual billboard for a subdivision right off the main drag going from Vegas to Southern California when, you know, Julie and I were doing a lot of, you know, in-office things back then. So how crazy is that? <laughs> okay. Now, will it get that bad again? Might. Depends on your market. It might. Depends on your market. So you need to be ahead of the curve and knowing what's happening, but know that things are going to happen slowly. You do absolutely positively have time to learn the skills necessary. But look, guys, don't make this another damn thing you're going to procrastinate until tomorrow or next year. If there's anything we can ever do for you, uh, what do you do? FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. Just go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. And when you request a free coaching call, guys, we're going to give you six free books. The two books that people always rant and rave about are The Real Estate Treasure Map and Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. So download those first. You're going to get those as digital books. Um, and the real estate treasure map is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. There's also some sections in there specifically pertaining to the topic that we discussed today. If you guys need us for anything, if you're considering, like, you know, we're getting a lot of calls from MLSs and brokers and people of that nature who are saying, okay, I hear what you, you and Julie are saying. We saw this happen back, you know, 12 years ago. We see it happening in our st with statistics. We're not really sure what to say to our agents. We're not really sure, you know, because obviously you guys got to cater this message correctly. Otherwise, the agents aren't going to listen, and they're going to freak out and they're going to overreact and then you know it's one of those situations let us do it for you so if you guys need help delivering this message to your agents to your mos to your you know your brokerage just request that uh, let's chat about uh, possibly julie and i doing a live event it could be a webinar but obviously most effective is going to be an office uh, event or you know in, in mos event email me directly tim at tim and julie .com. i'll put you guys in contact with tom who will answer any of your questions about getting us to you so we can help you guys be ahead of the curve for the changing market if you need me for anything it's tim at tim and julie .com or julie at tim and julie .com. you guys have a fantastic day we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>